T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Jacob Albrocht. Tommy Kester, this is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. All right, welcome back, everybody, to another edition. Sports Daily, Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster with you on a Friday edition. Coming up in the next segment, we'll get right to our weekend football picks. As week is coming up in the top of hour number two, we expect to connect with Mike Golick, who you heard for years right here on KFH, part of Mike and Mike, football analyst, uh, many times over, former player. We'll get his thoughts on all these NFL storylines and the playoffs this weekend. Again, we expect that to happen at the top of the second hour, we've got a Shockers game to go back through a little bit later in the show as well and look ahead to some of the weekend's college basketball games. Tommy, good morning. Good morning. I'm a, I'm a little tired this morning. You and I, uh, we went we went heavy last night playing bingo with the families. And, uh, you know, I, I, I woke up this morning and, you know, I, I, that's a little bit too much excitement for me, I would say. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, you know, got wild for us last night in a bingo <laughs> hall. Uh, you know, a couple of beers, chasing our kids around. So forgive us if we're in a grog today. You know, it's a little drowsy. A wild night. A wild night of bingo. Um, didn't win the blackout, <laughs> which of course was high anxiety, but, you know, it was, it was a good night. It was good to hang. If our listeners already out. thought that we were lame, or didn't already think we were lame, they definitely do now that we spent Thursday night playing bingo. Hey, listen, you, you, you have kids and you enter the realm of it's like, it's cool. Like, it'll be lame for a little while. Like, yeah, that, that's just the way it is. And I would, I would suspect that most of our listeners are equally lame. So shout out to all the lame ones out there. Uh, all right, let's talk some NFL. We're going to get to our predictions uh, in just a little bit. But, man, you know, if you're trying to get ahead in a playoff matchup coming down the stretch, every coach in the world will will tell you less is more, right, in what you say. Trevor Lawrence, who I think typically is really good in these, you know, press conferences and everything, basically challenged the Kansas City fans. Quote, I can't imagine Arrowhead Stadium will be much louder than our fans were here on Saturday, honestly, but that was on defense, not offense. So it's not that he even took a shot, right? Not that he took a shot. But all you have to do, and this is what's happening, is 
take the very beginning of that and say, I can't imagine Arrowhead Stadium will be much louder than our fans. And that's the quote people will, will pull and use, and Kansas City fans will go nuts for. And if they weren't already going to be loud, which of course they were, they might be a little bit louder now. And you got to, come on, man, like you got to know that spot. And uh, it's going to make, I mean, it already is. I, I looked, I don't even remember what made me see that last night. And I'm like, what did Trevor Lawrence say? And of course I do a quick search and it's just like that quote is everywhere. And I'm like, there's no way that was the quote. Like there's no way he sat up there and said, can't imagine they'll be any louder than us. End of quote. Like, of course not. No, he went on to explain himself and was trying to give like a tip of the cap to his own fans, which I don't have a problem with. But here we go. You find yourself in the middle of that. And, you know, it's uh, it's going to just motivate perhaps Kansas City fans at Arrowhead even more. Uh, bulletin board material, right? At this time of year or really any time of year, you try to find anything you can to latch on to for bulletin board material, whether that is the fans or the players. Um, and if you're, if you're Trevor Lawrence, you've got to be a little smarter than that. Like, I know that he went on to provide some added context in that quote, but you got to know, uh, even the way you start that might not turn out well for you and your team. The, the thing about it is that we all know that the loudness inside Arrowhead, it's not even a subjective thing. It's an objective thing. Arrowhead has won, like it's what, like the Guinness Book of World Records, like set the record for the loudest outdoor stadium. And they've gone back and forth, I think, with Seattle uh, for that for that title multiple times. And it's the way that that stadium is built and the way that it's kind of set in a valley. And it just because of the way that it's constructed and the way that it's located and the way that the fans are sitting in that stadium, it's an objective fact that Arrowhead is the loudest. And so. I get that he's trying to tip his cap to his own fans and there was some context missing, but come on, Trevor Lawrence, you got to be smarter than that. Well, yeah, and you can see it coming a mile away, right? Like you you, you just and, – and somebody baited him into the question because it is kind of a tough question to answer. Like you want to give – you know, you want to give your own fans a tip of the cap because that was just an awesome game that you had at home. And they were. They were rowdy, right? Like they were really good. It's just – now you have to you have to sit there and deal with this and and they'll be extra rowdy but I, you know it's not going to have a huge impact on the game honestly it makes it more fun going into it you know anything you can do right to try and paint a villain on the opposing team is a good thing and Trevor Lawrence is going to be a hard villain to paint at this point uh, but the Chiefs fans will certainly try to do that and why do we do that as fans? Like, why do we get so defensive uh, and, and offended by things? I'm not saying it's, you know, like, look, I, I do it too. But because why is that? Because it no, works. No, no, no. No, I mean, like, why do we take those types of things so personally when it's our own team? Like, like they have slapped our kids or something. <laughs> like, how dare you say that, Trevor Lawrence? Well, how many people, and, and I think you can relate to this because you've got you know, some teams that you have been fans of since you were a kid, uh, it becomes like personal to you because you've been loyal to them for so long. And because for a lot of people, uh, and I'm not saying that this is right or wrong, but for some people, their favorite teams, it becomes like their identity. Like they, it be, they like they're, they're trying to like live vicariously 
uh, through the team. And that's not a bad thing, but fandom can get really personal. It can get really intense. And what's funny to me is as I'm thinking about the whole Trevor Lawrence comments and what he's going to encounter tomorrow inside Arrowhead. Have you seen the video from like the early 90s when John Elway and the Broncos came into Arrowhead and he kept backing off the line of scrimmage because the crowd noise was so loud? Have you seen yeah. that before? And, yeah. you know, they're, they're, the Broncos are, are like deep in their own territory and the Chiefs defense is rowdy and Arrowhead is going crazy and the referee is like stopping play and trying to quiet the crowd down and, you know, basically saying that if it keeps up that Kansas City will be charged a timeout and like all this stuff because John Elway was flustered at the line of scrimmage. That's the sort of thing that can happen inside Arrowhead. Uh, and, and, you know, of course, that's a hated division rival, but this is a playoff game with a quarterback that is, you know, fairly unproven entering Arrowhead at the first time. And I think the Arrowhead crowd is going to do everything that, that they can to get Trevor Lawrence off his game. Yeah, it, and, and it is one of the few places where, well, it's not, it, there's not a few places. Just about anywhere is going to provide a home field advantage, especially in this spot. But, you know, it's, it is as good as there is in sports you remember the impact of the 12th man back in the day right like all of those things because it does be strategically if the if the opposing offense can't hear what it's trying to do that's just one little extra thing right that that gives you an advantage or it your team effective. an advantage it, it wouldn't it wouldn't happen if it wasn't effective it's the same way that you know, in, in a lot of gyms and basketball, you've got the crowd that they're they're chanting or they're loud whenever somebody's on the opposing team is shooting a free throw because sometimes it works. Uh, and regardless if it's a, a physical like I can't hear or just a mental like in my head kind of thing, uh, either way, it, it can be effective. And so that's I mean, that's obviously why they do it. And some people flourish in it, too. And that's the interesting part of it. Like and we don't know that about Trevor Lawrence yet. Like, right. how, how does he come into this? And he was in some opposing college stadiums, obviously, when he was one of the more decorated college athletes of, the, of recent memory where people were rowdy. But, you know, there is something to an NFL playoff game when, as far as TV viewing goes, it's as close to everyone is watching as you're ever going to get. And so everyone's watching, everybody's rowdy, and some guys flourish in those spots. Like, some guys really... That gets them jacked up and to a different level. So we'll see with Trevor Lawrence. I am curious to see him make his, you know, spotlight debut. And the Chargers game was it, but not like this, right? Not going into yeah. Arrowhead against the Kings of the AFC for a long time. And I know Cincinnati beat them last year, but, you know, over a general period of time, it's been Kansas City's conference and everything else. And I, I'm, I'm very curious to see Trevor Lawrence in that spot. The Jags won last week against the Chargers. That's been the story, and that's great. And it was an epic comeback, and good for them. But nobody is really talking much about the fact that he threw four first-half interceptions. And that was at home. That was in front of his home crowd. And you get into a situation with Arrowhead and the fans and how rowdy they are, how loud it can be. You can't hear anything. I can absolutely envision a scenario where there's miscommunication between him and receivers because they can't hear very well, and he is prone to throwing interceptions. So I think that for the secondary for Kansas City, they've got to be chomping at the bit to be able to get out there and try to force some more interceptions from Trevor Lawrence tomorrow. Yeah, well, for sure. And and that's, you know, the Chiefs, 
this is a game that they should be able to just win, right? Like, it shouldn't be terribly difficult if the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl this year to win this game, right? It's the playoffs. Anything can happen. Jacksonville, Jacksonville's an interesting team, right? The Chiefs have already beat them this year. There are a lot of times where we see these upstart teams and you can tangibly like point to something, right? As think back to the Giants, you know, the, the year they beat the unbeaten Patriots. I always think that's a good example. That team had something tangible. They had a, a next level pass rush, right? That, that just people could not get a grasp of. I don't think Jacksonville has anything like that. That really scares, you know, we can, we're going to say the cliches and I don't know where the chiefs are going to cover their spread or not. We'll get to that in our picks in the next segment. But honestly, like if we're being dead honest, I don't think the chiefs have any reason to fear this game like zero, right? I would have much rather seen the Jags than the chargers. And while the Jags are a, an incredible story, I think they're on the come. I think Doug Peterson's the perfect fit for Trevor Lawrence, and I think they're getting better and pretty close to being a team that really scares you. I don't think they're that yet. Yeah, they can score points. Are they, you know, are they going to be able to defend the Chiefs? Are they going to be able to overcome Arrowhead? Are they going to be able, all of those things? I, I don't think so. So, you know, when it when push comes to shove, you just do what you need to do if you're the Chiefs in this game. You had a week to prepare, by the way, which is an Andy Reid thing. Like they'll they'll be able to scheme up and game plan this game so well. There's not really anything that Jacksonville's going to do that scares you. I don't think if you're on the Chiefs' side of things. The only thing that I I am concerned about that could play into account for tomorrow is if these two teams start trading turnovers back and forth. Um, and yeah. we've noticed with Kansas City where they've struggled has been when the offense has turned the ball over and put the defense in bad spots. Um, Kansas City does not have a good red zone defense. They haven't all season long, so they can't afford to be put in situations by the offense. Yeah, Kansas City won by 10 the last time they played the Jags, but they put up 500 yards, but they turned the ball over three times, uh, and the Jags recovered an onside kick. And so that happened the last time. So Kansas City has been prone to turnovers this season, more so than we've seen in the past. And we know the Jags and Trevor Lawrence can – throw interceptions at, you know, a, a pretty high clip. So if these two teams start trading turnovers back and forth and it becomes uh, an ugly game in that regard where you can't get a solid game plan put together, you can't you can't run what you want to run because you're turning the ball over more than you should, uh, then that's where I do have a concern. Kansas City, the last time they played Jacksonville, did turn the ball over. And so I don't want to get into that that turnover battle between the two teams. Um, if Kansas City can stay clean throughout the course of the game and not turn the ball over, then they should have zero issues winning this game. Uh, but we've seen them turn the ball over before, and that would be my only concern. Yeah, it, for sure. I, I think that you know there was a point in the season, I think it was three or four games left, where we said the Chiefs cannot turn the ball over X amount of times in these games, yep. and, and, and they did that. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt right now that they have corrected that and fully understand how important it is for them to not do that. This this offense, which has been reinvented and awesome, is not like the old offense and not as equipped to be able to do something like that. 
because it needs time of possession, right? It wants time of possession. It's one of the really, you know, remarkable things about this season and why I I sort of think this will be Eric Bieniemy's year. And I don't know how much Bieniemy versus Reed versus Nagy or whatever. Like I don't know who has what responsibility, but the fact that they did it is pretty crazy. And all the new faces stylistically, it's different. And they got out ahead of what defenses are doing that's hurt a lot of offenses. But in order to do that, can't turn the ball over because chunk plays just aren't really there unless somebody breaks one off. But by design, they're not really there. So that that's you know that's the key. And I and I do think that they've fixed that. Um, I don't expect them to turn the ball over a ton. And and turnovers are weird too, Tommy, because turnovers can be fluky or they can be bad. Fluky turnovers, not really a whole lot anybody's going to do about that. If a defensive player makes an incredible play on the ball and, you know, one of those timing things where they can time it to where they knocked it, okay, fine. Like, there's that that stuff happens. It's football. But bad reads, uh, missed blocks, those kinds of things, those turnovers are avoidable, and I think that's, I think that's something the Chiefs have cleaned up. And the other part of this is, and again, we'll pick this game in just a few minutes. But the other part of it for me is, I think the defense has gotten better, and you have to factor that in, too. Again, not an elite-level defense, but league average, right, which is what we thought they needed to be to win a Super Bowl, and I think they're probably about league average. But the one thing we are seeing lately that has really picked it up, I think, is the pressure that the defensive line creates on an opposing quarterback. And when you just saw Trevor Lawrence turn the ball over four times in one half, that makes you salivate a little bit if you're on the Chiefs' side at what that defensive line might be able to do to a young quarterback. And it all starts with Chris Jones, right? And being able to get that pressure up the middle. And they've been able to do that the last few games of the season without bringing extra pl- pressure, without throwing blitzes as much at the uh, you know the opposing offense. They're able to, to generate that pressure with just the front four. Uh, and so that's been a, a good revelation where they've been able to break through the offensive line and get pressure on the quarterback. So, you know, if, if Steve Spagnola can get away with with getting pressure on Trevor Lawrence without sending extra people and they can drop back in coverage, uh, then yeah, I think that that's that's the way that you want to go for sure. I'm also interested in seeing Kansas City defensively stopping Travis Etienne. Um, And uh, we've mentioned it before. The last time these two teams played, Willie Gay did not play. And we know his run-stopping ability. Uh, And he he was suspended. He didn't play in that game. He's back, of course for the playoffs, and I really want to see the matchups between the linebackers and Travis Etienne uh, to see if they can stop the run. Travis Etienne was pretty effective against the Chargers a week ago, especially in that comeback. He didn't get in the end zone, but he rushed for over 100 yards. So that's a good one-two punch that the Jags have where they've got some talented receivers. Of course, we know what Trevor Lawrence can do, uh, but then they can also hand the ball off to Travis Etienne. So I'm curious to see what the run-stopping abilities look like for Kansas City. But I agree with you. If you can generate pressure from the front four, uh, then then you're going to have a lot of success defensively. Yeah, it, it will be it will be something. And Etienne can keep the Chiefs' offense off the field. He is the X factor. I I completely agree. We're going to pick this game coming up in just a few minutes. Paul Savage will come in. And we'll pick all the playoff games this weekend. Should be fun. I think this this weekend is going to be incredible in the NFL. I think you can make a case outside of Jacksonville for any team winning and advancing. I, I just don't see Jacksonville doing it. I could see any other team doing it. So we'll talk about these games. That doesn't mean I think the Chiefs can cover the spread, though. We'll do it next on Sports Daily. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily. Let's make some picks. Uh, Paul's out ahead. We're not going to catch Paul if we just keep picking football games in the NFL. Uh, Paul is ahead by too many games. I think about 12 on us. That sounds about right. Well, that sounds about normal. We won't have that many left, but really it becomes a race for last place. I'll pick as many sports as I need to to catch Paul. Like we can <laughs> we can pick badminton, we can pick cornhole. I don't care. I'll pick whatever. We 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 can look into college basketball. The problem with college basketball picks, like I was going to add those today, but you don't get the lines until morning of. So like we can't really pick Saturday games. We'd have to make up our own lines. And I don't want to do that. Uh, but maybe we'll have to if we need to catch Paul. We'll 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 figure that out. Uh, last week I won the week. I went three and three. You Yay! guys both went two and four. Right, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm a little surprised it wasn't a bigger uh, margin than that because Tommy and I had all six picks different, right? But it worked out to where it just made the difference of one game. So not not really uh, not really that big a deal. Uh, so we're gonna pick the uh, the uh, divisional round games tonight. And let's get it going. The Chiefs are up first, so we'll pick the Chiefs first. We spent the first segment uh, sort of breaking the game down. Paul, you're in the lead. You lead us off. Well, I listened to the first segment you guys did with regards to Trevor Lawrence and the stupidity he showed in trying to fire up the Kansas City base because, you know, I don't know. uh, You guys have been to the stadium. Most of us have been for a few games through the course of our life, and and particularly, it get pretty darn loud on the end zones down there. And I don't know why you would want to fire up an already fired up, you know, Kansas City Chiefs uh, 
uh, base uh, fan base. So, but anyway, that's what he's done. I, I enjoyed your banter about that. But you know, the Chiefs are 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 good. They're rested. They they're well focused. I believe at this point, even though it's eight and a half points, uh, uh, that's a lot of points. That's over a touchdown, and it's interesting. Three of the four picks are right around that one touchdown, you know, margin with regards to giving points. And uh, but the Chiefs are giving eight and a half. That seems like a lot, but under the circumstances of having a week off, having a chance to heal, having a chance to prepare, uh, I really kind of like the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm going to go ahead and give the eight and a half. It's a lot of points. But it might end up being a lot more points the Chiefs score over the Jags than that. I'm going to go ahead and take the Chiefs. Um, I'll, I'll go next. I, I, I can't do it. I, I mean, I, I do not see Jacksonville winning this game. Like, you know, you try to make a case and think about all these things, and I, I just don't see it. I, I think the Chiefs are too ready for this moment. But I also don't know how the history of this season gives us any indication that we should be taking the Chiefs to cover numbers that big. It's just been, for whatever reason, uh, you know, it hasn't happened very often. This is a great spot for them to do it, but eight and a half is, is too many. It invites a backdoor cover, even if they're in control of this game late, right? Like you got a two-touchdown lead all the way through. Everything's looking good. And then in the final drive, Jacksonville drives down and, and covers the number. I, I that That totally seems on the table to me. So I'm going to take the points here. Chiefs win. Jacksonville covers, and that's just, I mean, really, honestly, it's just based on what we've seen all year, Tommy. Yeah, this could very easily be a perfect storm as far as Jacksonville covering this. We've talked about how bad Kansas City has been covering the spread this season, uh, and, and they haven't done it very regularly at all. Uh, and on top of that, it's not just the Chiefs, but how about this stat for you from this season? Jacksonville, this year, is eight and five outright and against the spread as an underdog that's tied for the most underdog wins in a single season in the Super Bowl era. Doug Peterson in his career is six and oh against the spread and five and one outright as a playoff underdog. There's no other coach that has as many playoff games as an underdog without an against the spread loss in the Super Bowl era. So you've got Kansas City struggling to cover the spread this season. You've got Jacksonville having the most underdog against the spread wins this season. I agree with you, Jacob. I think Kansas City will win, but I don't like that number. I'm going to take the Jags to cover. And, and I think it'll be comfortable, too. Like, I think they'll be in control of the game. I just, it's the number. It's the number's too large to me for a round like this. So here we go again. A lot of the same things in play here with our second game on Saturday. The Giants visiting the Eagles. Seven and a half points is that line. I'll, I'll start this one. I, I see in this game absolutely a path for the Giants to win. Um, you know, they are the hot team. They have, in some ways, unlocked Daniel Jones. History tells us not much. In the first meeting, uh, the Giants got smoked by the Eagles, 48-22. In the last meeting, it was very close. Last game of the regular season, six-point game. I think that the Eagles are an interesting team with just a ton to prove in this game. So, yeah, I could see him covering it, but I don't think they're going to. I'm going to take the 7.5. I think the Giants, if nothing else, keep this close. And I, I kind of think they've got a chance to win, Tommy. Yeah, I I don't know. The Giants have been kind of my Cinderella team uh, throughout the playoffs so far. Actually, throughout the last half of the season into the playoffs. 
But that being said, you mentioned the final game of the regular season where it was a close game. That was Gardner Minshew starting, right, for a quarterback for the Eagles. Uh, and so, isn't that right? I mean, didn't or did Jalen Hurts come back in that final regular season game? Yeah, Hurts. He was back for that's the right, last. Hurt, he was back. Right. He did play for that regular season game. But regardless, though, the Eagles do have a significant amount to prove uh, that they are the best team in the NFC. Uh, so that being said, I think that Cinderella run ends for the Giants. I'll take the Eagles and I'll lay the points. Paul, what do you think? Well, I'll tell you what. This is the toughest of the four games to pick for me. At least for me, I'm having trouble picking this game. I went to all my go-tos. I went to see what color jerseys both teams are going to wear. That did not help me at all. I could not, you know, get anything out of that. I went to check and see what the weather was, and, and, and I, you know, it's cold. All right, well, back in, in, New, in the New England states, New York and Philadelphia and those kind of places, it's cold. So that didn't help me. I'm really struggling looking for that little upper hand that I use, that I've used basically to, you know, beat your guys' brains out in this game. And uh, couldn't fig- figure it out. So here's what I'm going to do. Seven and a half points is over a touchdown by a half. I'm going to go ahead and take the Giants because that over one touchdown bothers me, and I think that's going to be a tough number to cover in the playoffs. I'm going to go ahead and take the Giants, and based upon nothing. Based it's not, it doesn't have to be based okay. on nothing. It's it's I, I think it's based upon we don't know. Like, how healthy is Jalen Hurts, right? How healthy is Jalen Hurts, and – is Daniel Jones um, going to take his game and continue to take it to the next level where he's running? What did he run it in his last game? 17 times? Like, yeah. that's it, – it's it's an they were interesting calling him, uh, They were calling him Vanilla Vic out there during uh, – well, like on, on social media. Do you remember the play where he took off and took it like, I don't know, 70 yards and tripped? Yeah. Like, that was the first time where I was like, whoa. Like, Daniel Jones is – is fast like what what in the world where did that come from he, he's he kind of looked like on that play when he tripped going into the end zone he kind of looked like a gazelle being hunted down by a lion you know just the <laughs> long skinny legs and kind of uncoordinated yeah. and tripped over his own legs kind of looked like a gazelle on the serengeti mm-hmm. and i don't think he looks like he doesn't he doesn't look like he wouldn't be fast like patrick mahomes right because patrick mahomes has that what did robert sala call it the grandpa run or whatever yeah. Daniel Jones looks good running the ball, but he can do it. And I think that Dable has has made that a part of his game in a way right. this year or whoever's responsible for that that does add a a different element to his game. And for me, this game's as much about Daniel Jones as it is anything else. I'm intrigued by him, always have been. Um, and and I think that I think that after all this settles in, he's going to be the quarterback for a long time there, right. and this is a real chance for him to make his impact. Right. All right, Max, let's go to Sunday. By the way, Max points out he's playing for a contract, too. That's not he a bad is. point. I think he's already Thank got you, it. Thank you, Max, for that. I think he's already got it. He's, yeah, you think, I think he's already I think got it? Okay. got it. All right. But, but, I mean, this has been his best year by far. Um, all right, uh, Tommy, you lead this one off. Bengals, Bills, five and a half. This number just keeps moving uh, toward the Bills. Five and a half now. Um Chelsea Messenger, our betting insider, pointed out yesterday could be due to some offensive line injuries. And whenever she sees lines like that, it scares her because it's almost like people, you, you know, you're getting baited to bet the Bengals. What do you think here? Well, there are a lot of folks in and around the NFL that would love to see a neutral site AFC championship game between the Chiefs and the Bills. Uh, and just to see what that would look like and if it's viable to have neutral site conference championship games. But that being said, 
I think the Bengals win this game. I, 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 not only do I think that they cover, I think that they win. I like them on the money line. Uh, I know what happened the last time they played, of course, the DeMar Hamlin situation. But that was early in the first quarter. But even early on in that game, the Bengals looked great, and the Bills didn't look quite as good. Um, I'm not bought in on the Bills being these world beaters. I don't think that they are the best team in the conference by any means. Uh, I think that they're overrated, to be frank. So I'm going to take the Bengals, and I'll take the points. If, if they're going to give me five and a half on the Bengals and their explosive weapons, I'm going to take it every day. Uh you, you mentioned a lot of people interested in this. Perfect timing as the NFL just sent out a release. I, I thought you might be crazy for this, Tommy, a few weeks ago. It's a topic for another day, perhaps, but you're probably on to something. So the NFL sends out a release today. Potential neutral site AFC championship game in Atlanta seeing extraordinary demand. More than 50,000 tickets you. sold in one day. No, I know. That's what they I want. Um, so we could be headed that way, and I'm going to have to digest that and really think about how I feel about neutral site championship games. I, I'm going to have to think about that. Topic for another day. All right, so Tommy's got the Bengals not just to cover but to win. Paul, what do you think? Well, here's here's one of the tougher games for me to choose. I, I, this is really – I'm struggling with this one. And I know that the line's going in, in the direction with the Bills. I, I get that and I understand that. But uh, right now, as Max again points out here in studio – you know, the Bengals right now are going to play with two of their, their stellar offensive linemen not, uh, not playing. I mean, they're, they're going to be without those guys. That's huge. But, you know, five and a half points. Tommy's got a good point. And with regards to, you know, you're going to give that many points to a team as explosive as the Bengals. And I get that. And I get Tommy's point. But let's face it. You know, the Bengals aren't exactly chopped liver when it comes to defense either. They're not a bad defensive football team. They do a lot of things right. They play the run pretty well. They get they get uh, push up front. They get pressure on the quarterback. Uh, let's not look past the defense for the Bengals. I'll tell you what. I don't like going on the road on this particular game for the Bengals. I don't like having two offensive linemen uh, not play for the Bengals. But five and a half points. The Bengals getting five and a half, that's too much for me to look by. I'm going to go ahead and take the Bengals. Oh, we are. The Bengals are toast because we're all going to agree on this. Uh, I, I mean, I've said it for a while now. I'm taking the Bengals in this game. I said it before the playoffs even started. If it's Bengals, Bills, I'm taking the Bengals. They've got a delicious money line in this that I that I have already taken. And, and I, I mean, this – Something's happening here. We're all being baited into this. Like the NFL wants the Bills. There. The NFL machine wants the Bills and the Chiefs in Atlanta. That's what they want. So I think that's what we're. That's why we're seeing what we're seeing with the line right now. Well, but that well, just. How, why would the NFL? Know, why would the NFL want us to bet the Bengals though? Like, why would the NFL conspiracy. want us to bet? I've the heard Bengals? all yeah. a conspiracy. Wow, I've heard right. some wacky conspiracy theories in my life, but I'm not sure that one is is even in, in the ballpark, Tommy. But you can't even use the argument that Cincinnati has a decimated offensive line. Because their offensive line was garbage a year ago, and they went to the Super Bowl with that offensive line. But it hasn't so, been a gar but it hasn't been garbage been this year. They've been good. That's this the year. thing. Like, That's right. Yes, it, it was garbage last year. It has not been garbage this year, and their offense hasn't been nearly as explosive and able to you know do the same thing. So I, I don't know. I I like the Bengals just because I'm with you, Paul. I think their defense is underrated. I and and I think that. For whatever reason, we we set this expectation for the Bills early in the year that was unfair, 
and they are not some juggernaut that, you know, like if there's been any team this year that's been dominant like that, it's Philadelphia. It's not Buffalo. And I, I think the Bengals are really, really good. So I'm going to take five and a half points when I have the opportunity to take it. And I've liked them to win the game for a while. But it look, Buffalo could absolutely win this game. I don't think that's going to stun anybody. Uh, Buffalo's, Buffalo's awesome. And, and it's a big moment for Josh Allen. Big moment for Josh Allen. He's got to, you know, if he loses this game, they're, they're going to they're gonna be some uncomfortable things happening. Not that it's any concern for Josh Allen in the long term, but it's time for him to come win this game. Of no fault of his did he lose last year to the Chiefs, but this time you got to find a way to go get it, and Burrow has done nothing but win big games. All right, the last one. Cowboys-Niners. The greatest rivalry in sports, in my for, for my money, has been Cowboys-Niners over the years in the postseason. Niners are getting four points. It moved up another half point today. I'll start us here. You know, my fandom is going to take over on this. I'm going to give everybody a full disclosure on that. I really don't like the Cowboys in this matchup. Like, there's not any part of the technical, analytical, anything part of this matchup that I like. But I'm taking the Cowboys. I'm taking the points. It's a total homer fan play thing for me. So you can get that out of the way right now and try to accuse me. I'll fully admit it. I do think there's a world where the Cowboys playing their best game is as good as any team in football. So I guess as you look at it and you want to take the Cowboys, you just can sort of lean there, right? Like if Dak plays the way he played against Tampa, where he was in control of things and very comfortable at the line of scrimmage, Dallas has got the best offense in football, or at least in the conversation. We've seen that defense at times be one of the best this year. It's not what San Francisco's defense is now, but boy, the pass rush could be against a rookie quarterback. And I think that's what you have to look like. Look at if the offensive game plan is right and it's been wrong a lot of times this year and they can get pressure on Brock Purdy, of course Dallas can win this game. So I'm just going to take the Cowboys out of pure heart, not brain, and that's where I'm going to sit. Paul? I respect that. I have a lot of respect for that take because, after all, you are a fan. You're a fan, and I, I respect you for that pick. However, there's a lot of things that the 49ers do, I think, better than, than, than the Cowboys do, and defense is one of them. It's amazing to me that uh, this team doesn't get more accolades when it comes to defense. They do a lot of things so well, including pressure on the football, the ability to stop the run. Uh, linebackers that play downhill, all the little things that I, I look for and I check off while I'm watching a football game on television, all the little things that the 49ers do I like. Of course, the Achilles heel is a rookie quarterback, what happens with a rookie quarterback. But, you know, the 49ers, I think, are probably overall, when you, when you talk about special teams to offense to defense, they're probably just a little better than the Cowboys, not a ton better. But probably four points better. I'm going to go ahead and take the 49ers. I think they win this game, and I think they win it probably by 10. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to argue against anything you just said. San Francisco's really, 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 really good on both sides of the ball. Tommy? I think that uh, we are getting geared up for a major letdown by the Cowboys. Uh, and because of that, it's an easy pick for me. This might be the easiest game right. to pick. It's got to be I the said, 49ers yeah. and to lay the points. Uh, and I think that, unfortunately, Cowboys fans, you included, Jacob, are probably being lulled into a false sense of security. Uh, There's because no sense of, how of well, security. But, but I think that some 
Cowboys fans probably are like, man, the Cowboys played great last week in their opening round. Uh, they looked complete. They looked awesome on both sides of the ball. They shut down Tom Brady, scored a ton of points, looked really, really good. Unfortunately, the biggest issue with the Cowboys all season long has been consistency. Can they keep it up? And the, the ceiling has been high, but the floor has also been really, really low. And I think we're gearing up for a big letdown. I'll take the Niners and I'll lay the points. Yeah, look, it's I don't think and I haven't talked to any. We went into the Buccaneers game. I watched with Cowboy fans. I talked to my family and everybody back home. Everybody was fully like ready to lose that game. I, I would say more people expected a loss than a win. And I don't think that's going to change going into this week. I think the really tricky thing about Dallas, and this is why I think it's one of the hardest games to pick, is because their ceiling and their floor are farther apart than any team in football. Yeah. Like, it's not even close. Their ceiling is Super Bowl, and their floor is lose to the commanders in their third-string quarterback in a game they had to win in the regular season finale. Like, it is so far apart in what they could be that it's really difficult to pick for or against them. I think they're the hardest team to bet in football because you just don't know which way it's going to go. Um, so we'll see. I, it'll be fun. And we can't wait for it. It's going to be a great weekend of football. Uh, let's spend just a few minutes here on Sean Payton. I think he's not interviewing in Carolina today, or maybe that was expected. Something's going on there. Denver seems to be all in. I I'm sort of curious about this and everybody's thoughts. I Sean Payton is a great coach. But, man, if I'm in charge, I'm not giving up draft picks to go get Sean Payton. He's going to cost a lot of money. I get that. It's not the money that bothers me. It's the draft picks. Like, where in, in what world would you be willing to do that? I And, and it sounds like some teams are, and I don't know what the return's going to be. And I'm assuming it's, like, first or second round draft picks. But I'm just not doing that if I'm a team. That's, that seems crazy to me. And this sometimes, like, this Sean Payton thing, to me, is spun out of control on the impact he might have on a team and what you'd be willing up to get him in there. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's tough for me because you have to have an opinion or even an understanding uh, of where you rank Sean Payton uh, among coaches. Uh, is he one of the best coaches in this generation? Uh, do you put him up there around the same realm or around the same league, maybe a tier below guys like Bill Belichick and Andy Reid? Um, or is he even further down than that? And And how do you assess that because I think that there there is an argument to be made that without Drew Brees he probably wouldn't have the kind of success as a coach that he's had um, so I think it, it comes down to where do you rank him and, and how do you assess him because if he is truly one of the best coaches in this generation then I think that you can make an argument to give up some draft picks to bring in somebody like that especially for a franchise that might need a little bit of stability uh, and, and so I don't know. I think that that's the interesting thing about him is that I don't know if there's a clear cut answer between is he a top tier coach or did the product of one of the greatest quarterbacks to play in this generation really help elevate his stature in the league? Hmm. Interesting. And I guess I would have to ask the question, what about Vince Lombardi? Is he considered one of the great coaches of all time because he had Bart Starr? See, I'm not sure I'm buying that totally, Tommy. I'm not sure I'm buying well, that that it that it's a two-pronged deal. I mean, it can I mean you can be a great coach and still not have uh It's the, the chicken and the egg. 
it's well, the chicken in the egg. I think you're probably Drew, right. Drew, yeah. Brees, Drew Brees' plate in San Diego was pretty good, but was certainly unlocked by Sean Payton. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And Bill Belichick took Mac Jones to the playoffs two years ago. So it, it is chicken in the egg. And I do agree, Tommy. I think about that all the time. I think Sean Payton's a really, really, really good coach. I'm just not sure that I'd be willing to give up draft capital for the rights to pay him a ton of money. But right? if you're like, in you desperate need, things. if you are in desperate need of some stability in your organization, if you've turned over coaches a ton, like in Denver, they can't keep a coach. It's been a long time since they were able to have, who was the, the, like, the last coach that was there for a while? Kubiak? That was yeah. probably the last one, I guess. Kubiak. And they just turned over coaches left and right. If you need some stability, especially on offense and with the quarterback, I think it makes some sense. Yeah, but you're not going to rebuild that franchise without draft capital. And and the thing for me is, like, just have a coach in waiting. Have him be your coach in waiting. Get an interim coach for a year. What difference would that make? Here's our interim coach. Uh, it's not Hackett. It's whoever this guy is. And Sean Payton's going to be here next year, and he didn't cost us a draft pick because he's not going to turn it around in one year anyway. 869-1240 is the number. We are going to try and track down Mike Golick here and have him in the next hour. Tommy will step away. Paul and I will have that for a bit. Tommy will be back a little later. Sports Daily rolling on this Friday edition on KFH. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.